the best way to have somebody's attention is when they're masturbating. When they're masturbating to you, you are their world for those 20 minutes or two minutes, depending on the person. That's kind of the thing that drives me like the, oh, look at me kind of thing. I'm the most conceited person that walks into the room and I'm also the most confident person that walks into the room. Never denied it. With me, with porn, it was the best of both worlds. You are listening to Made of Human, also known as the Mopad, a podcast hosted by Sophie Hagen, who is a Danish comedian. Mopad. Trying to find out how to do life. episode where I speak to Carla Lane and I'm very excited. I'm so excited to hear someone say, oh me, I'm a fat porn star. I'm like, yes, yes, you are. Yes. It makes me so happy. And I'm so excited uh, for you to hear my conversation with Carla. I first heard her on Asa Akira's Pornhub podcast, which I highly recommend a year or so ago. I don't remember when, but uh, uh, she's just... A lovely, lovely person and very interesting and super, super intelligent. And yeah, I'm excited for you to um, to hear our conversation. So I want to just... Uh, oh, I'm just going to find this thing I'm going to tell you. I'm just going to find the exact date. Oh, there it is. Okay. So just a few announcements. I am... I don't remember. I think I'm in Edinburgh by the time you listen to this, in which case, go see my show in Edinburgh, The Bum Swing, which I'm taking on tour straight after. And I will be going to so many places in the UK. Well, I'll be in Denmark to do The Bum Swing at Hotel Cecil. I'll be in Lund, in Sweden, Sverige, to do my show at the, I don't know, Stora Salen or Lilla Salen or Comedy Salen. I don't know what it's called. It's on my website. Uh, I will then go on this UK tour where I'll be in so many places. Winchester, Kendall, Aberdeen, Buxton, Bromsgrove, Leicester, Northampton, Reading, Blackheath, Farnham, Oxford, Maidenhead, Farham, New Milton, York, Sheffield, Lancaster, Didcot, Aldershot, Canterbury, Colchester, Cambridge, Leeds, and then someone said it's not pronounced Alnwick. I don't remember what it then was. Eric? Eric or something ridiculous? It's a very strange country. Folkestone and Bristol. And I want you to come to all of them. And we will be adding more dates like Manchester and London and Brighton and all of the all of the places, basically. So the tour info and all of that is on my website, sophiehagen.com. And this is probably going to be the first time I'm saying this on this podcast. On the 22nd of September in London... I am doing a special live recording of the Made of Human podcast. We've not done live episodes for over a year now, and it's going to be a one-off. And I am currently trying to find a guest, and I want it to be someone who's really, really good, so that you'll want to come even more. Although, yes, I know I'm enough, but I want to give you a little something extra. So I'm still trying to find a guest but maybe by the time you hear this, I will have found a guest and it'll be announced everywhere. So please go and get your tickets. It's at the Steel Yard in London. Uh, the tickets will be on madeofhumanparkers.com and my website, sophiehagen.com. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully also all over Twitter and Instagram and stuff. So I hope to see some of you wonderful people there, especially those of you who have a T-shirt. Remember that there are technically T-shirts? <laughs> and I see some of you wearing them at my shows and stuff, and I love it so much. You are the best people. You are the best people. And I'm so, 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 so grateful that you are, um, yeah, that you, that you like what I do. 
Oh, I did an Alison Spittle, didn't I? Where I made like a silly voice because I said something genuine. So sorry about that. That is, uh, <laughs> uh, that I, it's just been a day, hasn't it? It's been a day. I'm, um, my OCD is faring up a lot. I'm currently packing for Edinburgh, even though at the time we're, uh, talking now. <laughs> well, I'm talking now. It's two weeks till Edinburgh, but I'm packing now, which is very impractical, actually. So <laughs> it's been a day. And also then I've just gotten off the Skype phone with Carla Lane, the fat porn star. And I'm just so happy and excited. And uh, I think I'll just let you, I think I'll just let you listen to this episode. And then I will definitely see you all at the live show on the 22nd of September at the Steel Yard. And uh, with a very nice guest. <laughs> but for now, please enjoy this conversation between me and Carla Lane. I'm actually going to Denmark uh, in May for the first time ever. Why? What are you going to Denmark for? Um, we want to go, my, uh, my boyfriend and I want to go to Lego, um, Lego, yeah, Lego, Lego land and then Lego factory. So they open it up um, four times a year and you can walk through the factory and my boyfriend's a big Lego person. So uh, wow. I am taking him to Denmark. That's amazing. Oh, oh, you'll love it. It's really beautiful. I'm not going to want to leave. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you will have seen everything after five days. I, I imagine you'll be a bit bored after that. <laughs> Uh, well then I, I might want to be like locked into the like lego factory for a while I'm like can i just <laughs> sign away my life for a year just to play with lego that'd be great thank you yeah that that might be a better option um so where are we when when am i at this very moment when we're talking where am i talking to you at like in your life where are you at emotionally career-wise you know like this very moment where we're speaking where am i meeting you um, you are meeting me after I got back from um, Comic-Con. So my voice is a little rasp, but I had a fantastic <laughs> time. Um, I am like an upswing career-wise. Like, and I, I have my porn business and then I also own a catering company and both are doing like really well. And like family is good. Everything's just good right now. It's almost where it's too good. We're like, oh God, when the ball drops, this is going to be fun. But as of now, <laughs> I'm enjoying the ride. That sounds amazing. So um, I usually ask people to introduce themselves. How would you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm a fat porn star. <laughs> amazing. It, it's the easiest way to say it because everybody's like, you know, there's different terms for me. There's BBW, there's this and that. But I almost go with like, I like the words plus size and I like the words fat because you can relate to that. Mm. You understand what a fat girl looks like. You understand what a plus size girl looks like. They're the same thing. But when you use the term like BBW, it's like, wait, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, so I'm this not is kind of 100% sure I know exactly what it stands for. It's big beautiful women. Right. Um and it's it's cool, but it's also kind of just it's so porn related. Unless in the US we have a show called Basketball Wives. Okay. And some people are like the hashtag BBWs for Basketball Wives. I'm like uh, oh. it also stands for porn, so it gets a little mixy sometimes. Right. It's a fat porn star. Yep. Amazing. And how, how did that happen? How did you become a fat porn star? Um, well, for me, I've always liked the idea of being like fantasized about. I love, okay. The best way to have somebody's attention is when they're masturbating. When they're masturbating to you, you are their world for those 20 minutes or two minutes, depending on the person. <laughs> um, so it's very much 
that's kind of the thing that drives me like that. Oh, look at me kind of thing. I, I go with this. I'm the most conceited person that walks into the room and I'm also the most confident person that walks into the room. Never denied it. So with me, with porn, it was the best of both worlds. I'm like, oh, wait, people can like me and masturbate to me and I can be center of attention. Fuck yeah, I'm down. And I'm also really into sex. So it worked out. And was, were you always like that? Was that always in the cast? Were you always confident? Were you always into sex? Was that just always yes. going to happen? Yeah, especially growing up in L.A., it was very much a thing. Like, I grew up with porn royalty, so, like, I was friends with um, a lot of um, people growing up, a lot of people, you know, ended up being popular porn stars and all this stuff. So it, I kind of knew it was going to happen probably at a younger age than I should have um, because the week I turned 18, I already started. Um, my – I'm a little interesting. My husband always supported me, and my husband and I have been together for 15 years. So he was always like, if you want to do it, let's do it. And I'm like, awesome. And um, it's interesting to have your partner support you even in the craziest things you want to do, <laughs> like porn. <laughs> I mean, it, should, it shouldn't be crazy, but yeah, I guess it is a bit, it could be rare, couldn't it? What, I mean, you're in the world, so you must know how many people's partners are okay with it or if there's ever any weirdnesses around it. Oh, there is. And oh. <laughs> I go with, I'm very lucky that I have a partner that understands that my job is my job and I come home to him. I'm never going to, like, I, I don't believe in divorce. This is a ride or die thing. He's either going to die or we're going to like make <laughs> this happen. So it, um, it's interesting because jealousy is, comes into play. Even, you know, the most openly open person in a relationship, jealousy can happen. And, um, My husband and I have always had the agreement that if something like that was to peak or it was supposed, you know, in, if there was blood in the water and we smelled jealousy, then, you know, we would have to talk about it and see where it came from. So you knew him before you got into porn? Yes. So I met him when I was 17. So oh, okay, cool. And did you, did you want to do it? When did you know you wanted to do it? Like at 14. So when I told him that that was my thing when I turned 18, that's what I was going to do. He's like, let's let's do this together i'm like great that's amazing how did you meet um i went to i graduated high school when i was really young i was 15 and i went to community college and i got my aa and then my bachelor's so i met him when i was in community college um and we i was about 16 when i first met him i was dating somebody else and then when that guy broke my heart my husband's like do you want to go out and i'm like Aww. okay that's perfect <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Did, did you did you know how to, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start. I wouldn't even know where to look. Did you already know how to get into the industry? Is that an, an LA thing or? It, well, yeah, because, you know, here we have friends, you know, let's go with this. You go to a strip club and there's always a girl in there that goes, yeah, I used to do porn. Now I'm just a stripper. So there's always somebody that knows how to do it. But we had um, friends that were photographers and we had a group of friends that um, started porn about six months before I did because they're six months older than I am. So they're like, you know, you get tested, you do this. And I kind of knew what to do. And I went to a strip club one day. I met a stripper. She gave me a number. And that number um, got me a job in the next two days. And that's how I went. That's amazing. And you were just, so what actually happened? Like, do you, did you feel nervous? Did you, were you just prepared for it and confident? Or were you like, oh, am I going to be good at this? Or I've always been so it's so funny I've always been super confident where it's like oh my god girl like back it up yeah no I'm like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna be good at it and like there was and it's so weird because I'm like people are like but did you know what to do and I'm like no but I knew I could do it 
Was that what, what was the surprise? Were, were, there, were there any surprises? Uh, how much money I could make and not make at the same time. Oh yeah. Um, this was the golden age of porn. Like, you know, there was, I, I think I have like two VHSs out in the world. So that tells you how long ago this was. <laughs> um, and then, you know, DVDs came in and all that. But uh, honestly, the surprise was how much money you could make. It was great back then. Oh my, you would make $5,000 in a week and you're like, oh my God, look at me. And then shit happens. And the economy takes, you know, and then nobody buys porn. And then porn hubs and all these YouTube sites come up and you're like, Oh, oh! So that was like the top of the roller coaster. Now we're just gonna fall down and see how far we're gonna go down. So it's kind of the both. It's everybody thinks that porn stars make so much money. Honestly, they can, but the majority don't. And if it is good money, it's not as good as money as you assume it is. So what's the kind of what's it called? Like ethics around it from like a consumer perspective? Is is it considered like? bad to use the streaming websites is there a should you go directly to the porn stars website or how 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 would you be, be like an ethical consumer of porn where you make sure the people got paid properly so for me okay let's be honest most of us have never paid for porn and we're probably <laughs> never gonna but there's certain things you can do to help um if you do do streaming services like Pornhub has porn models that they're verified models and those models put out their content slash scenes on the platform for that reason. Mm. Cool. Um a lot of the streaming services have verified models and have that kind of platform where it makes you feel more um <laughs> more ethical about watching free porn because they get um royalties from the advertising. Mm. Uh, the advertising that goes on the page i'm like it's the same thing as you know magazines things like that you know the magazine may not make much but it's the advertising on that page that makes the money um and the other way would be support the models directly so a lot of people are not going to sign up for a website as much but you know what's really fun to watch somebody snapchat mm. snapchat is huge i have friends that are making 30 to forty thousand dollars a month wow let, let me repeat that again a month <laughs> i didn't even know snapchat still existed yeah it, it's but it's that thing it's having access to their private getting to know them lives that is more interesting to people now let's speak wow. you've seen like you've seen girls have sex on camera great you know you've seen them all dressed up all that but have you seen her literally roll out of bed to suck her boyfriend's dick no, and that's so intimate. That's so different that you want to see your top, you know, porn friend. I always say like porn girlfriend, you know, do more intimate stuff. So Snapchat is one of the biggest platforms for that. Snapchat doesn't really like it as much, but until they kick us out completely, we're taking it. <laughs> so are you, do you do Snapchat stuff as well? I do, but I don't make crazy as much that like on average, I can make anywhere from on a good month, about 4,000 is a good month. And that's me working, actually promoting everything on a month where I'm not promoting as much about 1800 to 2000. So it's still good money. I go anywhere in this world. If I say, yeah, I make $2,000 a month on Snapchat and people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> that's a lot of money. But then you compare it to 40,000. You're like, okay, never mind. It's also just so refreshing. Just hearing someone actually talk about money, by the way, just as a side note. <laughs> oh no, I, I am completely transparent about my life even money. 
right now I'm on the Dave Ramsey um, Total Money Makeover. My husband and I, I were. It, 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 Dave Ramsey is like a religious. I, I go a little religious, a little more religious than I personally like. Um, financial guy, and he has a big following here. He has books, he has podcasts, he has everything, and he has some something called like the Baby Steps. And it's basically baby steps on how to get out of debt. It's like the first one, saving $1,000 because most of us in the United States don't have $1,000 cash for emergencies. Mm. And that's why we use credit cards. The second step is to pay off um, your smallest debt to the biggest debt. And then the third is, you know, pay, uh, you're getting um, your um, retirement plan and all, all this stuff to build wealth, which is great. My husband and I had like a true conversation and we're like, we don't know how much money we make. Mm. The problem with porn is I can get a $400 check. I can get a thousand dollar check. I can get $20 and it all adds up, mm. but I wasn't adding it up. So at one point I'm like, wait, wait, how much are we making? And my, and we literally had to sit down like, holy shit. It's like, we're fucked. How are we so broke? Like it, it was one of those real things. Like how the fuck are we so broke? We make that much money. That's like puts us in the, in the, um, in the world, um, we are in the top 5% of uh, earners in the world, money-wise. And, you know, that's around the world. So, you know, in the U.S., mm. it's not as much as sounds. But if you go worldwide, you're like, oh, my God, you're a millionaire. And you're like, uh, no, I, you know, I make uh, six <laughs> figures, but it's not a million. Um, but it, it's interesting. I'm like, the more transparent I am with everything, I think the more I enjoy life because I don't have to hide anything. I go with, yeah, my husband and I started in $60,000 in debt. We're down to about 28000 in less six months. Great. That's amazing. And that's also and kind of interesting that you find that it's kind of freeing to just be completely honest about everything. But that's the thing. I'm like, if we're not, if most of us have a tendency to hide things and we don't want our friends or we don't want the people around us to see the, you know, the struggle and everything. I'm like, what if I'm completely honest about the struggle? What if I don't have to lie about, hey, today I didn't really feel that good. I just kind of stayed in bed because I was having a sad day. So, you know, my husband made me breakfast. I just stayed in bed. I didn't want to get out. Why do I have to make it seem like I'm always happy or my moods are always amazing or, you know, hey, I can't take this vacation because I can't afford it, which is fine. But I'm not going to put it on a credit card just to prove that I, you know, should be there with my friends. If I can't afford it, I can't afford it. It's, 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 it's interesting. It's, it's a new way of being just open about everything because especially with the internet and having everything so accessible, like mm. everything so fucking accessible, we all get jealousy about watching other people's timelines. Yeah. We're like, Oh, this model's doing this. This person's doing that. This person is in Dubai for two weeks. I'm like, cool. Great. What if we knew that that person was, you know, putting, $50,000 on a credit card because they couldn't afford the trip. Would that make us feel less enthusiastic about that? Probably. That's so. interesting. Also because of your, your role in the industry, because one of the things that one of the, what do you say? Like bad reputations that porn has is that it's creating these uh, unrealistic body uh, image things for young kids to watch it. So you're already by being a fat porn star, you're already, challenging that in a way do you think that's sort of the same thing yeah exactly it's all the same it's very much why does it have to be the norm that you see a skinny girl with big fake tits why is that a thing why can't it be the girl that's walking down the street that you're probably more lucky to take home than the girl on camera typically i'm like don't you want to see your girlfriend have fun too because honestly in la i look like the majority of the girls walking around 
I'm the girl next door. In most metropolitan areas, I'm the girl next door. I'm the girl that's bagging your groceries right now, but you think it's kind of hot and you would love to fuck. So why can't that be represented on camera and on you know, websites and on video? Why does it have to be so different? If I'm the normal, let's make it normal. I mean, you're so right. You're obviously so, so, so right. Uh, but how did, you know, like, uh, because we're kind of taught by society to hate our bodies if they're fat. And we're, we're, even if they're not fat, we're taught to hate our bodies. And I know a lot of uh, fat people. And I was, I was one of the fat people who would never even get naked in front of my partner. So mm-hmm. how did that, bi- how did that bypass you? <laughs> what, um, like, on any of the, the shame? <laughs> um, I grew up with a mom that basically, told me at a young age and this is it's funny I love my mother but my mother couldn't be the meanest person in the room but it's almost like she has to be to show you that there's meaner do you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. my mom would always tell me you're not going to be the prettiest girl in the room you're not going to be the hottest girl in the room but you know what you can be the most confident nobody can ever take your confidence away when somebody walks into the room literally some and you know they have that little strike where you're like I don't know who the fuck that person is but damn Mm. that's attitude you can't get away from it's it's interesting because most of us are like oh you know it's it's about my body no 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 it's about the attitude you have and the way you can represent yourself i always say the sexiest thing you can wear is a smile Mm. a smile's opening to people when you smile to somebody it's literally a connection in your brain telling you that the other person's the nice person and that's an instant like oh wait i can be nice too kind of thing so it, it's not about, you know, oh, my body has to be a certain way, but it's literally about the attitude and the way you represent yourself in the world that makes you attractive to people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't really help you get, like, not get, you know, all the bullshit that comes with being fat from the outside world. But there is something about the actual connection, isn't there, between two people where even though you've mm-hmm. both been taught that there is a right body type, you can have that connection where you realize that oh maybe this person isn't <laughs> isn't yeah. that monster that I've been taught that they probably were mm-hmm. it's funny because I have um girlfriends are plus size models and I'm uh for mainstream uh clothing lines and everything and they're big girls were five x six x's um and um it, it, they they always go with you know some people look at me and give me that you know, you shouldn't be that fat. But then the other people that see that I'm smiling and, you know, just being overall happy, all of a sudden that stigma kind of has a little crack in it and then they get to know me and it's not that, well, she's a, you know, a fat girl. She must be this and that. So I go with and any size of anything. It's just really the way that you want to represent yourself. And the best way to do it is attitude wise. If you can just let people know that, you know, I'm here and I'm enjoying myself and it's not, what I do doesn't affect you, then you shouldn't be so judgy about it. So how can you see a difference between the way that your, what do you call it? Fans, followers, clients? What do you call people who uh, watch you? <laughs> Friends at this point. Some of these guys have been watching me like for 13, 15 years. Wow. I've been in relationships with, it's so funny because when people finally, if they meet me and things like that, they're like, yeah, I've been, you know, masturbating to you like for 15 years i'm like oh great well it would have to be like 14 and a half technically and then you know i'm like great you know and they're like i remember when you had red hair and you were so young he's like you know i was about the same age as you were and it we grew up together and i'm like oh 
and they're like, I've been with my wife three years and you know, she knows I'm into you. And I'm like, Oh, oh that's that's, so it's, it's fun to see that interaction. And it's very one-sided relationship. These guys have had me have had relationships with me for set number of years. And it's just interesting to see that person actually get to meet me. And they're like, Oh my God, you're not a complete bitch. Like my fantasies. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> but do they mean that as a good thing? Or would, would they rather that you were a bit of a bitch? I, I think almost a good thing, but then it's like almost, you know, when you meet somebody and they're actually nice, have you ever met a celebrity and they're actually nice? And you're like, Oh fuck. Cool. That's I, like, I really like this person. But then when you meet certain celebrities, you're like, Oh my God, you're a complete asshole. And I never want to like watch yeah. any of your movies ever again. That's what yeah. it is. I'm like, the, yeah. you want to keep supporting me. Yeah, but also you can also be okay with them being a bitch as long as they're nice to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perspective. So is there a difference between the way you're treated or like in the, from the people who watch porn compared to the thinner or the thin porn stars? Do you get a different reaction or a different kind of attention? I think they relate to me better. Mm. It, it's it's very much relatable it's you can imagine the typical porn girl you can you know you can imagine jen james and being amazing in bed and all that but you can imagine me after we have sex making you dinner mm. <laughs> so it's that it's just me being more girl next door that they can relate to me actually being their girlfriend so are they nicer to you yeah Wow. Is that the only, you think that's the only industry in the world where the fatter you are, the better you're treated? No, maybe, maybe not, but it's just, it's not even the fatter. It's just like the more normal you are, the more, um, the more you can relate to you being you and not always having, you know, a glossy finish. People like that. Yes, I see. Oh, that's so interesting. And how are you, how are you treated by the industry? Is that, uh, do you experience any negativity around your size in the actual industry from your coworkers and the people you work with? I'm probably one of the most popular girls, but not when it comes to things like um, my, uh, so I'm Polly. So I have a boyfriend. My boyfriend works in a mainstream company for a mainstream girls company. And um, he's, it's funny. I get talked about more as, Oh my God, she's so nice. She's so sweet. She's so this than most girls do. So I could probably go up to any porn star from anywhere from a belly danger to um, Angela White and they'll give me a hug and kisses and we're keep, you know, talk and things like that. So I think they're almost nicer because, and this isn't a bad thing, but it's not, I'm not compet, I'm not in their world. Do you know what I mean? I'm not a competition. I'm not going for the same jobs and it's not even a competition, but I'm not in that circle where that drama can happen because drama happens between everybody. Um, mm. But I, it's kind of this, I'm just me and I'm nice about it. And I'm not a, I, I'm not a um, personality who doesn't match me. Mm. Sometimes when you're online and you see people and you're like, oh my God, they're so this. And then again, you meet them and you're like, okay, no, I'm exactly what I am. I, I go with this. I don't need to lie. I don't need to lie of who I am or what I am. I'm completely about, honest about everything because it's just easier that way. Yeah, <laughs> I see that. So what is, what is, I'm kind of curious about your relationship to boundaries in general, both because you are very open and very honest and also because, as you say, your friends, fans, they they feel like they know you quite well. And also then there's this whole Snapchat thing where you suddenly 
take people even further into your life and and also just having the job you have I mean I'm a, I'm a comedian so I talk about myself and very very vulnerable things on stage and I've had to work very hard on how to set boundaries with people and to realize my own boundaries because it can quickly get in- intrusive and I wonder if it's sort of the same for you and I guess just what your relationship with, is with your own boundaries and setting them and knowing them. I don't have any. That's the problem. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, no. I always go, um, there's something called a yes list and no list in porn. Things I'm willing to do and things I'm not willing to do. Um, yeah, I have none. The only big boundary I have is um, when I'm with family, I don't like when people come up to me and tell me how much they like to jack off to me. I don't mind people coming up up to me. Yeah, I am like, especially when I'm with my mom or grandma, I'm like, you can come up to me and say, oh my God, hi, Carla. And my real name is Carla. So it's not like that awkward, hi, Elizabeth. And my mom's looking at me like, who the fuck's Elizabeth? (laughs) I'm like, nobody. Um, So it's one of those things. My family knows what I do. Everybody knows what I do. So it's not that. It's kind of that, you know, if I wouldn't come up to you in front of kids and tell you, hey, I really like your BJ saying, you know, don't do it in front of my mom. Same thing. But besides that, I, I, I don't know. That's the thing. I wish I had boundaries sometimes because people are like, but you're so open. And I'm like, yeah, I've never, ha- I've never had that being an issue, but I understand where that could be an issue. But yeah, as of now, there is none. You can basically ask me anything. And I'm like, okay, here's the answer. <laughs> you, you did talk about your mother earlier. You said she could be uh, a bit mean. Do you think uh-huh. that's helped like what no, no start by telling me just what what did you mean by that in like a just a I mean my, I have a very strange mother who does and say very strange things that I've never met anyone with that type of mother before but it was never vicious <laughs> so when you say she was a bit could be a bit mean how what did you mean by that as in you know how moms are supposed to sometimes sugarcoat life and make it yeah, seem like you that, can do yeah. it you can do anything. You can be anything. Some moms had, you know, some moms are like that. My mom's never been a mother. My mom's always been a mom. Like, you know what I mean? Um, like, so one of those things, it's not like the mommy, oh my God, mom, rescue me. My mom would let me fall and hit my knees. And then she's like, do you need help? And I'm like, no, I'm okay. And she's like, okay, then you get up. So it's kind of that thing. She would let me make mistakes. Even when I got older, she would let me make mistakes. And if I needed help, she would help me out. But it wasn't that coddling, oh my God, baby, let me rescue you in every situation. And <laughs> so there was a thing when I was very, very young, very young, I was like three or four, and I fell out of a shopping cart at a grocery store because I wanted to read something and I reached it and I fell. Cool. And my mom literally looks around to all the parents that are like, oh my God, what did she do to the kid? And she's like, she decided to do it. She's like, she's okay. We're all okay. Stop looking. We're moving on. So it's that kind of attitude where she's like, are you, are you fine? Did you make it? I'm like, yes. And she's like, go for it. So, and it's, she's never had to sugarcoat. Like she always told me that it's never going to be easy. So don't assume that you have to be nice or people are going to be nice to you. Just assume that shit happens and then you'll be happier in life. I'm like, oh, Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. That makes sense. I relate to that so much with my upbringing. But how did you then find that? Was there room for vulnerability then? No, not really. My mom doesn't believe in therapy and all that stuff. (laughs) So she was very much like, um, pick yourself up through the bootstraps. If you are having a bad day, she gives me, that's so funny. She gives me one day. If I'm having a really shitty day and something tragic happened or whatever, she gives me one day of being sad. That's all I get. After that, we have to move on because life moves on too. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> okay, mom, <laughs> I got this. 
And do you then, or do you, what do you think happens with all the, like if the sadness was to last two days, where do you think all the sadness would, would go? Do you, do you think to it's- To the gym. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> that sounds- <laughs> To the gym. <laughs> do you think it's a health, do you think it's been healthy for you to have- I mean, because I, I think I can see it as a as a this could be potentially like life saving and amazing <laughs> advice, but you can also see the the positives in letting a child just cry and be really sad. Yeah, uh, it's funny because um, if I were to look at all my friends, I'm probably one of the most well balanced and happiest <laughs> in my relationships and in my life and all that. I'm like, and again, we all have sad days. Things happen. Things go wrong. People get fired. People are no longer friends. Shit happens. But it's just kind of the way you deal with it. And she's just always taught me to deal with it a little different than other people. So I always go with, if you meet somebody that's more well-balanced than I am, congratulations, because their mother was probably the same way. <laughs> So did you tell her from the beginning that you were going to do porn? Yes, uh, but we never had that conversation. Let's just go with it. She knows what I do, but when I go off to work, she never asked me for details. And I mm. really appreciate it because last thing I need to do is, yeah, mom, I had, you know, <laughs> I did a, a, you know, five guy BJ scene right now. And she's like, oh, okay. So <laughs> she knows what I do. My whole family knows what I do, but it's almost like work okay. I'm like, yep. Yeah, and they're like, everything's going well, and, you know. I have, uh, I've won a few awards in the past and she sees them every day and she's like, there you go. Um, but my mom does, <laughs> my mom is funny again. So she calls it because I go by my real name, but my last name is different in porn. Uh, in porn, it's Carla Lane and my real name is Carla something else. Um, and she always calls it when I get packages by my funny name or she sees my funny name. She's like, Carla, there's a package for you for your funny name. So that's kind of her inside joke of like, I know what that is or I know where that's coming from, but it's kind of like, okay, cool. I mean, that does sound healthy. That sounds like a nice, I mean, that's also a very natural boundary, isn't it? Just that we don't have those discussions and that's fine. Exactly. I'm like, when was the last time you asked your mom, how was, you know, how was sex last night? <laughs> God. That's, that's a different boundary that most of us don't want to cross. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Am I, have I read or heard you talk about somewhere you're doing these BBW parties? Yes. So I host uh, sex parties twice a month. And uh, I started about six years ago. I went as a guest and I'm like, oh, wait, I can host these. These are fun. So it just gave me a chance to meet my fans and then also meet my female fans. It's the majority of the time, especially when it's um, that couple nights, it's the couples that have watched me for a long time. And it, typically the woman kind of has similar attributes to me. Mm. <laughs> so usually plus size um, woman that's, um, is hey, go either like a smiley person or like one of those, like, I'm like, I can see why your husband likes you and likes me. It's kind of that, look, mm. I can see the resemblance. He has a type. Um, but it, it's so fun to interact with your fans in a different and it's a you know sexually charged environment but the couples that go there are just it's kind of like a couple therapy th time where it's like we talk and sometimes you know they're not going through things and sometimes they're like oh you know we're just gonna go have sex in this room do you want to join us i'm like typically no but you know i'll go watch um it, That's so, so, what, so what are they actually like what happens at a party like that so it's just for you and your fans 
Yeah, and then the general pop population can come. So it's a $40 entry for single guys, and couples are free and women are free. Um, and typically, and then we'll talk about Taco Tuesdays because that's my next party coming up. Um, Taco Tuesdays, I actually make tacos because I my catering company. Amazing. So I make a huge taco like bar and everything like that. And people get to enjoy tacos. We get to chill. And there's glory holes. There's public um, rooms. There's beds that are, like, on a stage area. So if you want to have sex with your partner and have people watch, that's an option. Um, and it's very much lifestyle-oriented, but also plus-size acceptance because we have it where it's just plus-size couples and people that admire plus-size. So you know if you're there, you're into that, and you don't have to almost question yourself. It's like, well, I don't know if this guy's going to like a fat girl, but, you know, he's here. So, of course, he likes fat girls. <laughs> so, it, it's it's fun. It, it just gives people, uh, everybody, just an option just to do something a little different. You know, some people go in and, you know, want to have sex with other people. And they're more in the lifestyle of swinging and things like that. Other people just want to get to know people that are a little more open and not as... Um, scared to express things or being you know intimidated by the idea of having sex with other people that aren't their partners um and then the single guys are just there to see if they get lucky which is like sometimes they do <laughs> so is it i mean it's probably a weird question but so how how fat do you know what i mean because yeah, there's lots of people who are like oh i'm I'm fat and they're like no you're not you're you're tiny but you have you just have a stomach or is it is it is everyone welcome will you also see like super fat people and yep all of the above so it's for the girl that probably thinks i was 20 pounds extra she's not very comfortable in her own skin and she wants to be more comfortable with it great and then there's the girls that are bigger girls and that you know that they're bigger girls and that's what they're into and that's who they're into and then the guys are into them it it's we're we're open it's all open. So I have a BBW night and then I have an all inclusive and my all inclusive includes TS queer, um, everybody kind of thing into one party. And then I have one specializing for plus size girls because I realized sometimes the plus size, um, girls wanted to know that those guys were into that versus the all inclusive because the all inclusive, you never know what they're into because it's all inclusive. So you must see so many people, open up do you know what I mean like you must see so many people coming into that space and that will probably be the first space like that they've ever been in where their body wasn't just like the norm but it was also the attractive celebrated yeah, yeah. I can't even I mean it's it sounds like a, this magical place <laughs> It, it, it's it is because I'm like a lot of people are going with they've never tried this and because they see my name attached to it they're like well I know her I know her from social media you know I'm gonna give this a try what do I have to lose it's free for couples it's free for women I'm like what what do I have to lose just to go and then typically I give the new guests a tour of the place and I show them the glory holes the stage and I explain the rules and then I introduce them to other people that have been there for a longer period of time and a lot of the people that come are repeats that we see each other every month basically it's our little hangout area you know let's go with this i don't hang out with my best friend once a month hey i can <laughs> maybe call her every once a month and text her more often than not these are friends i get to see once a month where we catch up in a sexually driven environment but we're still friends so it's good that's amazing Oh, okay. So when it comes to the porn, the actual work of shooting the porn, what 
I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be such a weird question. I basically want to ask you what's the most boring question that people always ask about it. Because it is must it be, must have, Oh, that is a very good question. <laughs> and the answer is no. And yes. So porn is typically in most bigger productions. We are told to do certain positions, front, back, upside down, and all of the above. Uh, upside down. The smaller crews. Uh, it's pile driver. Sure. <laughs> I'll Google it. <laughs> when the girl's upside down, like doing a handstand, the guy's fucking her from the top. Okay, I'm watching the wrong stuff. This sounds good. Let me take some notes. Um, so it's just different things. Um, so most of the time, it's a little more, th- and you know, people have fun and things like that. And but. You know, in between cuts, you know, we have to take drink breaks and, you know, stay hydrated because there's no AC because, you know, we, you can hear the AC when you film and the house is 110 degrees, but, you know, you have to, it's, it's a coordinated sex act. It's, it's like a fucking circus sometimes. (laughs) And then sometimes you're like, when, when I do my own production stuff and I do it for my website where it's more amateur feel, I can have sex in my bed right now with my phone and people are like, oh my God, that's so hot. And then other ones, it's like, you have the full setup and you're like, oh my God, that's so, you know, that's artful and romantic. And like, ah, there's so many things out there. Porn is honestly so many things and so little things at the same time, because at the end of the day, it is sex, but there's so much that goes into it that it's like, this is a lot of work. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, I, I sometimes when I watch it, I, I think, you know, of the angles or like, because people are such good actors as well. Mm-hmm. Right? so you, you do get this or at least you tell yourself that they're enjoying it but I imagine you you must be enjoying it right I go with uh, 99% of the time yes yeah. but there's always yeah. that one time that you're like uh, well that didn't work out well so you know what those fake orgasms I can pull off this is where it's gonna happen um, but it's also like it's one of the things it's our job to be entertaining so sometimes you really enjoy doing your job other days, you know you have to do your job to get paid. So it's the same thing. Sometimes work is a lot of fun, and sometimes you're like, just get me out of here, but I'm going to get it done. Yeah, and do you think that feels, for you, do you think that feels, would that be the same feeling as if, if you had to do your job, but your job was working in a grocery shop? Would you, would you just be the same feeling, or is it somehow better or worse when it's sex that you is the thing you have to do uh i think it's the same because i'm like um you know the phrase like sex sex is um sex work sex work is work yeah it is and it it's it's just the way that it, it's kind of done but my job is to have sex on camera and to entertain people great sometimes i really love my job sometimes i can go without it and i wish i was in bed with my kitties instead so it, it's it's just the way you think of it. Yeah, that's how most people feel about their jobs in general. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so this is a question I usually ask on the podcast, which is um, what question would you most want for me to ask you? Huh. Oh, oh, this is a good one. This is the one that I, I like. How can I be as confident as you? <laughs> Do you like being asked that? It, it, it's it's a question I get a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. Of, and people are like, how? I got it from Asa Kira. And she's like, how do I become you? How do I get this? And I'm like, and it's the same answer all the time. I'm like, just love yourself a little more every day. Oh, Most of us good. don't. How? How though? How? 
and I go with just one piece at a time. I'm like, start with your toe, start with your ankle next day, your knees the next day, your skin, your hair, little by little, and get to actually love everything about you. Because most of us look in the mirror and then we're like, okay, well, this is going to work today, but that's basically it. If you actually are able to see yourself in the mirror and realize the flaws and what the little imperfections that make you you are still perfect, then love it. That's lovely. Do you, I mean, I kind of want to, do you, would you rec, I mean, this is going to sound so weird. It's going to be weird as well, but I, I kind of feel like just asking it. Would you recommend doing porn? Yes and no. I would recommend videotaping yourself for yourself and not putting it out there. It's, let's go with this. Porn it has such a big stigma. Once you do it, it's kind of out there and you mm. can't take it back. So let's go. If you're a teacher and then you're not, if that becomes the most popular video on Pornhub, you're fucked. Mm. Um, but I go with, do it for yourself. Igno- literally set up a tripod in your phone or your phone on the nightstand and have sex with yourself or your partner or whatever. And acknowledge when you're actually having sex, it's an experience that you're enjoying and that you look beautiful doing it. Because when you get all hot and sweaty and your face gets flushed right before you orgasm, that's sexy. That's beautiful. And it's one of those things. Most of us think that it's so weird because it's funny. Guys are always like, you know, they're always happy to see a naked woman. Women are always like, uh, is he, is he going to like me? Is he going to do it? But once you take everything off, it's enjoyable. It's, it's sex. Sex is pleasurable. So maybe just enjoy watching yourself and enjoy watching that you can orgasm, that you can be by yourself, that you can enjoy your skin. You can enjoy the, you know, the electricity that builds up from inside to out when you come, you know, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, I it it's very it's it feels similar to the way I learned to become confident with my body was also just by facing it. You know, it's a lot of standing completely naked in front of a mirror and just you know not trying to hide it. You know, not trying to cover up all the time and just go, this is how you look, and now we deal with that because this is going to be it forever, yeah. right? So now we we have to be okay with this and just you know just taking off all the clothes and then closing your eyes and then hoping that you won't die and you don't die. And then everything's actually quite fine. Exactly. And it's also, you don't die if you're naked in front of other people. You don't die if you're naked in front of your partner. They know, let's go with this. They have an idea of what's underneath the clothing. (laughs) It's not like they're going to run away. Like, Oh my God, no. I'm like, you can't naked. Everybody's like, okay, we're going to go. It's, it's true. But that, being naked and just enjoying yourself and enjoying the skin you're in is so valuable. You said upon was had the stigma, which obviously is true. How 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 do you feel that? How do you how does that manifest itself in your kind of day to day life? Not as much because I do have a girl next door. Look, I I go with I can go to the grocery store and nobody knows that I do porn. Mm. You may know who I am, but it doesn't. You know, I don't have that. Oh my god, she does porn. Look. Um, also I have, I own my own business besides porn. So I'm my own boss <laughs> and I go with, if that ever became a problem where somebody didn't want to hire me because of what I do, then they don't hire me. I have other options. But if you were to say do porn, th- there was a recent, um, story on Xbiz about a, um, model ex model that did porn like for two years. And then she left and became, a, she was going to nursing school and was the EMT and all this stuff. Um, 
and then she was outed by a fellow student and it they kicked her out of the program because they said that it was I, I don't remember the word and they used something about inappropriate or things like that i'm like that's the thing it's big she's suing um the school and i believe the state um to say that it's sexist because if it was a guy mm. would they've done the same but because that's, it's a woman and like all of a sudden it doesn't yeah. even seem legal does it so this no. that way because of what you used to do cool great i'm learn going to school so i can help people and save people's lives and you're saying i can't do that because i used to have sex on camera i go with with anything i'm like if somebody wants to sign up for the military and do all that stuff great i don't give a hell what they did because none of us are doing it if they want to do it their other jobs shouldn't affect what got them into it. and it's it's kind of one of those things i'm like what i used to do shouldn't affect my future and in the age of you know pornhub and the web everything's out there so i always go with once you have it out there you can you always have to be in what's the proper word in an alert <laughs> to make sure that it doesn't come and bite you in the ass and if it does you have to be able to know the right wording and you know situation so it doesn't ruin your life basically or ruin whatever you're working towards mm definitely Talk to me about being polyamorous. Have you always known? Yes. Uh, again, my mom being fun. Uh, mm. My mom's always had multiple partners. Oh, cool. Did you know the word for it? Did you know that that was what that was? I didn't even know the word until, until like I was into it about five years with my husband. I'm like, <laughs> oh, so this is what that's called. It was just more of like my mom was married to my um, dad and um, my mom had a partner for about 20 something years. And when my dad passed away, um, she um, started, her partner became her primary. Um, but it, it's funny cause I didn't know the wording to it, mm. but I just knew that that's what, you know, what it was like, you know, it, it's funny because even with my husband and I were like, we didn't know the wording. We just knew that we weren't going to be monogamous, but we also weren't going to be swingers and just sleeping around with the world. Mm. I personally love the connection I have with my partners. I have uh, two boyfriends and a husband right now. And my um, husband has a girlfriend and my two boyfriends uh, do not have other partners. One travels a lot. So he has friends, mm. quote unquote, friends everywhere, but not a significant partner. So it, it's just a different way of thinking about it. And for us, we're all friends. We were at uh, Comic-Con yesterday um, and we were sending pictures off to both of them like, sorry, wish you were here. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. But we all have like, we all get along and it's kind of this fun thing where they have their own like friendship. The boys have their own friendship. And then I have my own connection with each of them. But it, it's like a, when we're all together and we all go out to dinner, it's like, I'm so happy having my partners with me. That's amazing. That sounds so, because I, I think, I feel like when we, whenever we hear about monogamy, which is, I mean, all the time. There's so many, it can so easily feel toxic, you know, it can so easily feel a bit too, you know, restrained or, you know, like jealousy becomes romanticized and, you know, cheating becomes this inevitable thing. And, and I think when, whenever I speak to people who are polyamorous, it just sounds so beautiful. I mean, oh, that also sounds like I'm, you know, romanticizing it, but it's to be able to give yourself to... Multiple partners? Yeah, in a way, but also to, to, to allow yourself to not, to, to not, 
to remove the whatever bit of you would usually make you jealous. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And I completely get that. Um, it, it's funny because, oh, let's go with this. Jealousy does exist. It's going to always exist. But the way that we deal with it is very much more communication than angry. We have, we talk to each other and see why things are feeling in certain ways and how, how to move past it. Basically. Um, it's, it's interesting because, um, my boyfriend Mo, which is, um, the one that's in the industry, he was always in monogamous relationships. You would have asked him four years ago, if he would ever see himself in a relationship like this, he would have basically laughed at your face and gone, no. (laughs) And now he's happily in a polyamorous relationship. And, you know, we all go out to it, it. It's, but it's also the right people and the right connections. And it's, it's, it's a lot of things, but overall, like I go with communication is a must and it's almost more important than monogamous relationships because there's so many more balls in the air Mm. that if one falls, they all can fall really fast. Do you think you have, does it make you think that there's, there would be something you'd really want to tell monogamous people, like a piece of advice? Cause I feel like we, I feel like you can learn a lot from people who've been through that whole who are in polyamorous relationships where you're kind of forced to have more communication and more open talks and stuff. Do you have a piece of advice for people who are monogamous, basically? Honestly, communicate with your partner. Don't let the little things, the, hey, he didn't do this, he didn't do that, become such a big issue that it can destroy you and destroy the happiness that you are trying to build. And it's funny because the end of most relationships now especially when you're married is money. Why is that? Oh, really? Yep. The end of most marriages nowadays is over arguments over money. Is it because you guys don't communicate about money? Are you guys both not on the same page about money? Is it, are you afraid about And then the second one is cheating and um, all that. Mm. Cool. Why, why is that happening? Is it something I'm not doing something you're not doing? Is there something that we're not connecting? Are we not giving enough? time to each other and letting the world and the kids and you know the money situations get into our just day-to-day basis that it kind of just destroys us and it's a it's sad to see relationships end over the basic things that could have been fixed with just talking about it Mm, definitely so I have before I ask you the last question um many of my listeners won't and I mean, me included, won't know a lot about the porn industry. And I imagine we've all you know, we all grown up in this society that has uh, maybe passed on a lot of things that are definitely not true. I've only spoke, I've spoken to a few sex workers on the podcast before, but I think I've only spoken to one porn star other than you. So basically, I guess I want to ask you, what, what, what do you wish people knew about it that you often find that they don't know? that I'm normal and we're all normal. We just decided to do a different field for a living. It's funny. People always go assume, well, you know, you must be different. You must be this. No, like most of us go home for Thanksgiving and have a normal life. But what we do for in front of the camera or behind the camera is our jobs. And at the end of the day, when we're at home in our slippers, petting our three cats while watching, you know, Netflix, it's the same. (laughs) I spoke to um, 
uh, Sapphire Blue, who's uh, a UK uh, porn actress, and she said that. I th- and I'm, I'm going to destroy. I'm going to paraphrase it. I'm probably going to get it a bit wrong. But what she said was basically that in order to be to work in porn, you have to be a business person. You know, you're a, you have your That's own true. company, and you have to yeah run a company basically. But what people would see you as is like a victim or someone who's needs to be saved. And she's like, it's such a extreme. Uh, there's such a, an extreme discrepancy between what people see you as and what you actually do. Yep. I agree. Yep. <laughs> I'm agreeing with that 100. Because let's go with this: if I don't want to work today, if I don't want to get on cam, if I don't want to update my platforms, my own events, my Snapchat, cool, that's on me. But that's going to affect the bottom line. Mm-hmm. That means I'm not working. I have to be more organized and more disciplined than the average person that has to go to work nine to five because you know you have to be at work nine to five. Hmm. I have to work for myself. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is great. So my last question that I always ask people on the podcast is this. Okay. So you're in the delivery room and you have just been born, but you now are holding yourself as a baby. Okay. So tiny, tiny Carla is crying because she was just in the womb and it was all nice and warm and just quiet and brilliant. And now she's out and there's people and lights and sounds everywhere. And she's like crying. She's like, what the fuck is this? Is this, is this life? Is this what life's going to be like? And she's looking at you like, you know what life is going to be. What is it? Is this it? So you can say something to your tiny baby self and giving advice won't work because you can't change the future. Everything that has happened will happen in exactly the same way. But she looks at you and goes, is this what life's going to be like? What is life? What would you tell teeny tiny baby you? Life is happiness. And it is what we make it. So enjoy it. Do you still need to be told that sometimes? Yep. Don't we all? Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Uh, I had a tragedy happen recently. Um, somebody passed away very unexpectedly. A friend of a friend's. And it, it was kind of one of those things I'm like, this person was here yesterday, was here, was everything, and something happened, and now they're gone. Life is too short not to be happy. Life is too short not to enjoy what you have right now. So enjoy it. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, <laughs> it was one of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, it's so a little close to home, but it's one of those things, it's, it's hard to, it, it, we're always, we always think we're guaranteed more time. We always think we're guaranteed this, that happiness will happen when I have more money, when I, you know, feel better in these jeans, when I do this, when I do that. No, happiness is what you make it today. Mm. That's brilliant. Thanks also for doing this. Where can people find your stuff? Where can people support your work? Uh, I'm in <laughs> uh, Twitter and Instagram whore. So you can look me up at Carla Lane with a K and then honestly Google. I'm just everywhere. After being around this long, it's just like type in my name, like Carla Lane. And it's like 15 things pop up. And you're like, Oh God. Oh, and those are 600 videos of her naked. Great. Let's do that. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Uh, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. No pod.
That was Carla Lane. Please, please, please go find her on Instagram and Twitter and tell her thank you so much for doing this. And uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Mopod, M-O-H-P-O-D, and sign up to listen to the extra bit that I recorded with her where I asked her the six questions that I ask everyone in the extra bit, which is, do you have a life hack? Uh, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? By, which, by the way, for the answer from a porn star, you're going to want to hear this. What's the stupidest thing you did as a teenager? Um, what do you wish people knew about you? What's an unpopular opinion of yours? And what's a recommendation of yours? And I think this bit contained one of the best pieces of life advice that I have ever heard in the history of this podcast. I'm not just saying that to make you go in and, and spend money on me. I was... I was blown away by the extra bit with Carla. She's just brilliant. It was such useful advice and yeah, a great recommendation and a great embarrassing story. And she's just a treat. She's an absolute treat. So you can do that on patreon.com forward slash Mopad. And if you, that's also where you can go and just uh, become a supporter in general. If you feel like this podcast is worth something to you, that would be a very lovely thing for you to do if you have the the funds to be able to do that this would be very lovely it means the entire world to me and i do mean that and um yeah what else was i gonna say oh i have another podcast called the secret dinosaur cult which i think is hilarious and it's amazing to do and i'm doing it with jody mitchell so we're basically two non-binary queer people just talking about trauma and daddy issues and and dinosaurs and I highly recommend that. Now, back to Patreon, though, because if you do support the Made of Human podcast on Patreon and you support with $5 or more and you sign up to be a friend of the podcast, you will have your name um, said out loud by me <laughs> at the end of the episode, uh, probably in a very wrong way. But it is, after all, what you get. <laughs> so that is going to happen now. These people whose names I will never forget Never forget. You can wake me up in the middle of the night and you can say, uh, Ida Sirko Larsen, and I'll be like, Ida Sirko Larsen is a patron of mine. That's how it'll work. So, a huge thank you to the people who are part of making it all happen. My best friends, my heroes, my favorite people, <laughs> Andrea Papillon, Andrew January, Andy Walker, Ashley Salmon, Autumn Blue Sky, Barry Norton, Caitlin Cat Posey, Kathy Beveridge, Cherry Winter, Claire McCowlin, Connor O'Donovan, Danny Beckett, uh, Daniel Rifeshi, Daphne Fanger, Eleanor, Emma Chan, Fenella Dunn, Privacy Osaurus, Aurora Terratops, Fiona Richardson, Her Hannah Rose Tristram, uh, Harold Van Dyke, Harry Minnett, Heather Watson, Ida Sergolas, and Janie Mahoney, Joe C., Kathleen Gulmanson, Kathy Draxelbauer, Katie Hatfield, Katrina Ingelson, Katsy Travis, Kim Williams, Kirsten, da Kirsten Davidson, Queen C, Lillian Harry French, this time in Dinosaur Onesies. I don't know if I mentioned this, but you can um, you can edit your own name in there. Then we have M Dash, uh, um, Maury Fraser, Mansomir, Marketa Dubalova, Megan Roberts, Paul Swaddle, Perpetual Motion, Fia Fenne, Rachel Evenheim. Rachel Furley, Rachel Phillips, the three Rachels, Ragdoll, Robert Knowles, Robin Kappa, Russell Hughes, Sarah Ferreira Eikeseth, Sarah Allett, Sarah Plumer, the three Sarahs, and we have Susie Tyler, Victoria Greer, and Victoria Layton. So again, if your name is Victoria, get on that, and you can be one of the three. That goes from uh, all of you, actually. You can become, uh, you can win if there's four of you. 
Still need a four? A fourth? Four? Oh, it's still exciting. We're still not sure what to do with the Kathleen, Kathy, Katie, Katrine, the Ka- Katie. Ooh, very interesting. Now, <laughs> you are wonderful people. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and all of the other shit I'm doing. I'm doing some, I mean, I can't plug all of the stuff all of the time. I have a book. I have a clothing line. I have a tour. I have an Edinburgh show. I have another podcast, which also has live shows. Oh, I mean, I'm doing uh, work in progress shows with Mike Watson all through October and November in London. I'm I'm doing so much stuff. <laughs> Live recording of the Mopad. Oh my God! Tell tell people about me, please, because <laughs> I need more people to like what I do. Because I have too many creative projects, and I love doing all of them. And I need people. <laughs> I need people to live to live out my dream. Now, um, I'm just being silly. You don't have to tell people about me, but it would be very nice if you uh, if you did. <laughs> But thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Carla for being an amazing guest. Thank you to Dave Pickering for producing this episode and in general just having a lot of patience with me. To Kitty Edgar for doing the booking. To Harriet Brain for writing and recording the jingle. And to Linda Brinkhouse for the logo. And usually I would thank uh, Soho Theatre or a similar venue for letting me record an episode there. But this time I want to say thank you to my computer, my desk, my pajamas and the bowl of um, chili con carne that I just made and ate before speaking to Carla. And now I want to thank, um, I think I want to thank my feet for carrying me to the kitchen and doing my dishes so that I can go to bed and watch Love Island, which by the time you hear this will probably be over. But what I'm trying to say is, bye, speak to you soon, bye. Low power.